like to call this meeting to order. So, uh, first and foremost, so my name is Alex Hackman, so we would just uh, like to welcome the newest members here. I know that's the second item on the agenda as well, but it's great to see everybody in this new year for 2023. Um, uh, we'll go to item number two and we'll turn the time over to Julie. So, I'd love to welcome, we have two new members to welcome today. Um, I'll just do really brief introductions for both of what I know and then let them introduce themselves. We have Rachel McPherson, um, who's been a longtime resident here in Iowa City and uh, worked with us on the renaming of McPherson Park, <laughs> named after her dad. Uh, so we have Rachel, and then we have Dolores Mixon. Uh, Dolores and I share a birthday, so sometimes we <laughs> Dolores used to work here in the rec center, but also been a long time uh, Iowa City resident and involved in a lot of different community things. So um, maybe we'll give them a break, have you all introduce yourselves first, and then Dolores and Rachel, you can do a little bit of intro of yourself. So Brian, if you want to start. Sure, um, Brian Morelli. I've been uh, lived in Iowa City for about 20 years, um, working in uh, private sector and then at the university more recently. Had kids have gone all the way through the rec, sorry, rec department. <laughs> Lots of experience. Uh, Melissa Sarenda. I live in the South District. I've also lived here about 20 years, and I've been on the commission for I think this is the last year, so four years. So we'll come back to you. So Alex Hackman, so we've been in Iowa City since 2007, and been here for school, for additional schooling, and loved it so much, decided to stick around. So I um, have uh, four wonderful daughters who keep me busy and engaged, and we love the parks and rep department, and we're grateful for the city and staff and all that they do. And so been on um, Parks and Rec Commission, I think, for three years now. My name is Chris Oakney, and I've lived in Iowa City since 2020. This is my third year on the Parks and Rec Commission, too. I came here for a job. I'm on the faculty of the law school at the university, and I teach real estate law and banking. I'm Connie Moore, and I was born in Iowa City, so I swam in Mercer when it was an outdoor pool. <laughs> Um, and took lessons there. Vivid memories because we used to have to go there for seventh and eighth grade to swim for PE class. <laughs> Very traumatizing. <laughs> but I did not go to college here. I'm like, I'm out of here. And so I left for about 10 years and then had my first daughter. I'm like, I was he's pretty great. So I moved back and been now back for 22 years since then. And um, yeah, I'm a physical therapist at Grantwood AEA. Missy Forbes, I um, am also a local, born and raised here, and swam at Mercer before Connie did. So, <laughs> um, I um, have been on the commission for about a year. Um, also, have children that went through the Parks and Rec Department and love all of their programming, and happy to be a part of the commission. Rachel. I'm Rachel McPherson. Um, I, I, my dad lived here all my life, so I've been coming here since 82, but I lived here for about seven years now. Um, and I work part-time um, teaching Shakespeare in public schools with Riverside Theater. And I'm excited to be here. Cool. Welcome. Dolores Mixon. I'm um, originally from Michigan, by way of Georgia. I've been in uh, Iowa City Maybe four times. Um, I work for um, 
retired Newton State Prison correction officer. Um, went back to Georgia, correction officer. I'm back here now. I'm at Oral B. Well, no, no, no. Now I'm on disability, but Oral B is where I work. I'm here at the rec center in Mercer, and that's it. <laughs> Very good. Welcome, and we're glad to have you. And ask Connie what her intro name was like sometimes. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> it's a little different. Yeah. <laughs> I just started a few months, like, I think August yeah. or yeah. September. <laughs> so it was a cool night. <laughs> All right. Just this year. Yeah. Welcome, and we're so grateful that you're here. If you have questions, be sure to just let us. So we'll now move to item number three, as far as the election of officers. So um, election of officers, we first ask our current chair, are you interested in continuing? Happy to serve again. If somebody has a stronger desire to serve as chair, happy to step down as well. There is no term limit on it. I nominate Alex. So we have a nomination for Alex for a chair. Is there a second? Second. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can say all in favor. Okay, I can take over. Thank you very much. <laughs> Humbled and grateful for this opportunity. Thank you very much. Is there a nomination for a co-chair? Vice chair. Vice chair is the official. Is there a vice chair right now? There, Chris. Chris. Oh, Chris. Can I, I nominate Chris? Chris. <laughs> Do you want it? <laughs> All in favor say aye. 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 Wait, did you have a second? Oh. I'll second. Yeah. 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 All in favor say aye. Yes. Aye. Any opposed? Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, Chris, for your willingness to speak. <laughs> All right, moving on to item number four. So approval of the minutes from November 9th. Um, and hope everybody saw the corrections or updates that came through from Gabe. And just want to thank Gabe for his diligence. And it's quite a task to put the minutes together. So thank you so very much for doing such a diligent job uh, every month. Do I have an approval for the minutes? And with approval. Yeah. Second. All in favor say aye. 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 All right, thank you very much. We'll now move on to, I uh, wasn't sure if there was public comment for items not on the agenda. Okay. Okay, uh, as we move into the park project, I'm going to turn it over to Don Marner. Sadly, probably his last presentation to you as he's glad, happily retired. Don's done a number of our parks throughout the system, so we're very, uh, very thankful to him. Uh, what we'll need it tonight, though, is he'll go do each park, and after each park, um, if you do a time for any commission questions or comments, if there's time, if there's any public comments, and then do a motion to recommend or not recommend after each one of the four individual projects. Okay. So that's for each each park. Yeah, we'll, do it. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Um, Appreciate the opportunity to be in front of you tonight. Um, Nick in our office is also a landscape architect um, and is here tonight as well. So the first part we're going to talk about is Columbus Park.
screen here. Any other techies in there? So 
lot of opportunities for pads and circulation. As you know out there, we want to redo the surfacing and then also kind of clean up the aerobia sand area. Um, and um, as well that we're going to have. But we are going to take out all the retaining walls, all the, all the wood structures, and go mostly with um, regrade re those areas and help with the maintenance of the park as well. So. So really, the, the nature plan area stays very similar in context to what it was before. We heard that very clearly from the neighborhood that they wanted to keep it the same or they wanted to keep the feel of the nature place. So kind of the eastern side where there's boulders and a lot of paths, not much change happens over there. It's just the main piece of play equipment that comes out and is replaced with that really unique wood climber. Um, on the west side, a lot of the landscape um, boards come out and replaced with big rocks. We still have this kind of unique uh, climbing view. So we've had really positive comments from the neighbors. And I know Judy, the, the Neighborhood Association uh, person is here tonight, probably going to speak to <coughs> Yeah, so I don't know if there's any questions. Yes, are there questions at this time from the commission? Where is this park? Um, on the west side. So um, do you know where Willow Creek Park is? Um, ben is just on the south end of oh, okay. Willow Creek. I just had a comment. I really like the hammock swing. Like yeah. thinking of a child who is in a wheelchair, like you transferred into that and enjoy something. Um, that's some, that's a way I always look at the pieces. Like if you're if you can't walk, can you do something? Mm -hmm. And so there was something that a child could do. Also about accessibility yeah. as well. It's definitely more of a unique part compared to some of the other. So a lot of the natural features. One, um, the thing got me thinking, um, are there places where people could just set up their own, bring their own hammocks and set up? Like, if you go on campus, um, people use hammocks so much, they just, you know, the shade trees and such. Kind of not right around the playground, but throughout, I mean, throughout the Little Creek Park, there's probably, probably our spots that could be. It's very wooded in that area. Yeah. So they're probably yeah. Looking at the existing, playground photos compared to this. The existing playgrounds, it seems like everything's really integrated and doesn't stand out from the landscape, but looking at these, it's hard to imagine them being that integrated. Is that a concern, or is it maybe just the context of these, these photos that make it hard? To I think it's mostly the context of the photos, because really the outer rim area stays very similar, so these are going to be nestled down kind of like the old equipment was too, so. It's probably much more just if you're seeing photos that it's a different context. The old ones like metal, like the slope <coughs> like that metal stuff you can burn your cell phone. It's just like old, like old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think it's in the pictures. Yeah. Is there comments or questions from the commission before we open it up for public comment? At this time, we'll open it up for public comment. If you could state your name as well. Hi, I'm Judy Cole. I'm president of the Pinecat neighborhood. And um, we're very excited about the changes because, yes, it, it needed to be updated. Uh, the, we're, we're so glad that we'll be able to have a lot of the rocks to climb all over and the slopes to go up and down. And the kids love those tunnels of the cement to go through and around. Um, and. I, I think reducing some of the some of the bushes that have gone around the side that were 
we used to have weed days where we'd actually go out as a neighborhood and help try to thin out and, and remove weeds. And some of those just have gotten out of control for anybody to work on. So it's nice to have it. Um, and the Kiwanis are, have always been very supportive of it being a natural area. And the only question that I had some of the kids ask was the structure that has the bright red roof, it won't have a bright red roof, right? Okay. If, if it could still be, it still could be the brown or something that's. Yeah. So we're just, so we're kind of at the point where we're just starting. If everything yeah. goes good tonight, we're finalizing everything. So we yeah, have a general 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 lane being torn up all summer for the sewer to go down the middle of it. So it gives us something to look forward to. We could use that. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And at this time, I'm looking for a vote on recommendation. Yeah, motion to recommend the proposal as outlined. Yeah, I would recommend as long as the red roof is not red. <laughs> <laughs> With the, keep, keep, yeah. Keeping with the earth tones, I, I recommend the proposal. Is there a second? A second. All in favor to for the recommendation as proposed, except for the red roof going to more earth tones. Can I just ask that that be if there's other options? If there's other options, yes. yes. If there are other options, yeah. All in favor of that proposal, say aye. Aye. Here's the unanimous. Okay, we'll move on. <laughs> Hunter's Run Park. So Hunter's Run, again, is on the west side of, of 380. Um, and you kind of see it extends up um, into the north area as well. Our concentration is, is basically in the play area. I'll show you so it's just a photo there. So that is what the current situation is with the play equipment. Uh, kind of those two areas identified on site. And um, so the proposed improvements there, um, what we're looking at, you can kind of see the two, the two areas. What we're looking at is there's a lot of trees, so there's a lot of good shade that you don't often, sometimes it's hard to, uh, to, to have. And so we want to utilize that shade. Um, and so you can kind of see the shape that we were proposing early on with this when we had reached out to the public for, for input. Um, and then we actually had gone out to playground manufacturers for five different playground manufacturers that submitted designs for that space. And then uh, we were able to present that to the public um, for them to comment on. So um, show you some of that. So here again, we did a survey process. And this again was the tally, earth tones. And then they voted for option one, which is play structure resembling that. So again, we'll work with the, the earth tones on that, but that is what's proposed then in that space. So we are going to elevate that area a little bit. Um, there's been some drainage concerns, so we'll elevate that play space. Um, but there's going to be a lot of green space still around that whole park, um, so it's really just concentrating on where, where those items are today. And we will make sidewalk connections Right now, it's kind of it's kind of rock to the two playground, and there's a paved trail that goes to the north across the stream, the creek, 
um, we'll tie into that. So it's kind of a looping system for people to watch as well. Anybody yeah. answer any questions yeah. or does anyone have anything? Do we have a picture of like the second, you know, because the, there was a vote, but it was just by one vote that the second option won. Or this option won. Yeah. So well, I don't know. A I, I don't know. I couldn't place. Oh, okay. Oh, I guess they are. Yeah. yeah, it's really small. It's really it's small. small. I need a magnifying glass. When we looked at it, we decided when we get down and when it happens that you have two that are voted very closely, yeah. then we take over and look at how it would fit with the site and also um, which manufacturer and how many, you know, we start looking at how many play options there are on each thing and it's, it's usually pretty close, but okay. that's how we land on a final option if it's really a close vote. Which okay. was the second choice? One in the middle of the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, one in the middle, which would be similar to what we just put in at Whispering Meadows last summer. So we also look at kind of makes of playground equipment throughout the rest of the rest of the city too. So. Okay. I'm like not in the place where Hunter's Run Park is. <coughs> so it is very far west. Maybe so. Right after you cross the bridge over 218 on uh, Rory, okay. you take a ride on Duck Creek, okay. and that lines you back there. Got it. yep. It's really not that far away from Willow Creek and Cornus Park. So when we had the two neighborhood meetings, there was some crossover because a lot of the families had to do both. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can see that. Okay, I got it. <coughs> Again, I was just looking at it from the lens of could a kid in a wheelchair use. Is there something on there that they can do? Because it looked like a lot of climbing and Right, so all the trails, all the paths will be ADA accessible, okay. and then, I mean, and so everything's going to be graded and, and accessible, and then, I mean, there's there's different components on there, but I mean, yeah, not the whole thing, the whole thing is not, um, I mean, you can't make the whole right, thing, just right. make But there's some little, there's several, yeah, lower areas that a little bit will play with, yeah, and then there's the rope as well, that kind of rope component to it that you're starting to see is kind of a trend as well. And the, so the surface is going to be like wood chips, or it'll be the engineered wood fiber that you typically see. Engineered wood fiber. And the reason for that is just the expense of the, the rubberized surfacing. Usually, it's kind of that, or the rubberized surfacing. Um, it's about five times more expensive because it can be concrete and, and then the surfacing itself. So, if you notice that, again, Willow Creek, we we did do those yeah, improvements. So, so Willow Creek is kind of the companion one year and that's the one that's our, our most accessible of all of our play equipment and we'll okay. so that every piece of equipment we put in meets ADA guidelines obviously we wouldn't put it in without but Willow Creek has more of the ramps and more than uh, than sure and it's not too far away yeah, yeah. so yeah. Willow Willow Garden Villa Villa uh, Park just a little bit north of Willow Creek um so it's got some extra accessibility dish, um, components to okay Okay, thanks. I like trying to keep the natural trees in the shade so as much as possible, obviously, with the number of trees. <laughs> so uh, all that we can do from that standpoint as well. That's great. Any other questions from the commission? Is there a motion to approve the recommendations for Hunters Run Park as outline? Earth tones, I believe, was also accounting, <laughs> if available. So. I'll motion. Approve. Second. All in favor say aye. Aye. aye.
Okay, thank you. Thank you, Billy. We're happy to follow. Do we have any follow-up next? Um, so Happy Hollow, um, again, we're kind of in the northeast part of Iowa City. Um, <coughs> Happy Hollow is, again, residential um, park. Improvements have been made over time with the shelter and restroom building there. Um, and now we've reached out and, and looking for improvements there. We had a, we had a public meeting uh, looking for additional improvements. Uh, one of the things that came out of that was <coughs> the ball field area and um, wanting right now that, that's all seeded and mown and previously it had, had a granular surfacing to the infield and a lot of the neighbors wanted that back so that's one of the things that's going to be one of the improvements and then the other is um, playground that there's the existing playground there so I'll explain what's going on with this you, you don't have playground choices for this one tonight um, we did solicit proposals for the playground we got five of them in uh, we showed those to a small group of the neighbors from up there um, they asked for more and <laughs> different so we we're going to take it out of this particular part of the proposal we've asked for new playground proposals from all the suppliers and we will be putting that in as an in-house staff <coughs> so it won't be a part of the larger construction bid this construction bid will include the pathways, the ADA paths, it will include the ball field renovation. Playground will come as a separate project. You'll probably see those playground choices next meeting or the meeting after. So it will still happen likely probably end of summer, early fall next year for the playground. But the, the ball field improvements and the pathway that you see there, that will be included as we bid this all out as one construction we just didn't quite feel ready to show you the playground proposals on this one yet. So. Would you mind going back two slides? So that street to the east is North Dodge, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Or no, I'm sorry, that's uh, is it North Dodge? It's Arco. It's Governor. Yeah. It's Dodge, right? Yeah, there we go. Um, that building to the north of the park. What is that? Is that the city's? No. Is that the public housing authorities? Um, used to be DHS. Is that the one that's abandoned? It's like, uh -huh. Yeah, it's like boarded up. And, uh -huh. you know, and, and every time I pass so, this and I see our park so adjacent to it, I think this is really a problem. I don't think it's city, and if you bring up a good question, I'm not 100% sure it's not one of our subsidized things, because, but I know the park boundary doesn't even include that entire hillside on the north side, so that's always been an issue with this park is the resident, everyone around it wants us to do things in that hillside behind the basketball courts that's not actually city property. So that would tell me that's probably not, but that, that is a good point to bring up. I mean, there is like the hedge buffer, I suppose, but I guess I'm troubled that there's this like really blighted, aside from like being unattractive, like it just feels like a really, like a like a eyesore in this area that is adjacent to a space that is dedicated to like recreation and children and families. I would really love if staff could find out the nature of what is going on with that building. We can figure that out for another meeting. What were some of the concerns with the proposed playground equipment that the neighbors didn't like? Um, it was more, it was kind of the same kind of proposals you've just seen for the other parks. Um, and they didn't feel like it was quite unique 
Rontech is a product for we've been using in pre-manufactured restrooms and shelters. And so we're, we, we're going to do this similar to the other improvements that we've made um, in Iowa City um, for so that. Separating them will do two things. First of all, it's kind of awkward when you have a shelter reservation and someone wants to come use the restroom, which is right there. So this puts them far enough apart so you can have two different user groups. Um, the other thing it really does is moves the restrooms a lot closer right now close to the parking area. We think that will be a benefit for people coming to hike or walk or just easier accessibility from the parking lot for that. So it's a little bit different layout than what we've been used to, but uh, we did show this to the leadership of Friends of Hickory Hill and they're not, they like it. Um, it does include a large, a nice little storage space off the back of the restroom for their equipment. They you know, a very large volunteer group in this park that go in and do invasive species removal and different things. So uh, the restroom is sized to include that storage area as well. So you kind of see we just got off the, we'll usually maintain existing trees and protect those um, that are well established in the park there and then maintain that existing sidewalk and then we <coughs> that shelter area and make those improvements. And then here's walkways that go into the park as well. So that'll, that'll link up well. Which style of shelter is there to <coughs> So that is a little bit of a trade-off for this. We had hoped to do a rock tech shelter similar to what we have at like uh, McPherson or um, Creekside or um, yeah, Creekside now or um, Willow Creek. It's actually going to we're looking at cover work shelters similar to what we have at Scott Park, um, Cardigan, Frowns, Miller, Villa. And, you know, we can have either the wooden or the so this one would be a cover work shelter. The budget doesn't allow for both to be. Space-wise, it's 24 by 24 covered shelter space, so it's pretty good. It has an outlet suite with lender to it. How big's the one that's there now, the shelter? It's, it's kind of an odd shape, but it's, yeah. it's like 27 by 24 or something. So, so no, we're not We we're think not it's the same there. number of picnic tables. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. an odd shape. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, so it's, this, it is a, this yeah. will work a little better. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Do just out of curiosity, do all the new shelters have electricity? Like, do you know? No, not all. It's a it kind of depends where they're located. So we we've done some, and we, electricity sometimes is so straight from Scott Park. Uh, we we ended up yeah, it was coming from too far. So I think we ended up with solar panels on, on one of them. Um, but sometimes it just depends on the cost. <coughs> You know, justifying spending twenty five thousand dollars to get electricity to the, to the structure um, just doesn't, you know, it's in the budget or warrant. I think sometimes, but, but most of the time we, we do electricity too. I think so. But this one definitely would. So this one didn't have a neighborhood meeting per se because it's there's not many choices with this one. It's not a playground choice or anything, and there's not a lot of residents within the quarter mile radius of this part of the park. So that's why instead we met with the friends of the Hickory Hill leadership. Um, they have a lot of interest in this particular park. So. Looking at the placement of the shelter and the restroom, is it correct that people coming from the park will be coming to the shelter first, and then they have to go beyond that to the restrooms? Correct. So they're still going to be kind of tracing through the people who are using the shelter? Um, I think that's a detail yet to, you know, whether the path will, <coughs> the path will work or if it would be maybe a soft surface one way or some way so you don't have to walk through the shelter to get there, for sure. Yeah, yeah so currently we've got the shelter off, off to the side, so, and then this path kind of goes.
goes through. So. There's the trail system there too. There's one on what would be up on your screen there too, and there's one down bottom left corner. So those are actually the two two of the more popular entry spots. There is one further past the shelter, but um, there's other entrances there, so the parking lot. It, it gets you closer to the parking lot and two of the entrances and keeps the shelter kind of more secluded. Good question. On the shelter, there's kind of a little extended piece that's shaded. Is that does that signify anything? On the shelter. On the shelter. shelter. There's a little square, and then there's the. Oh, there's a grill the, above it. The longer. Yeah. That. So this is so this is the existing sidewalk. And that's. And then we're extending it, and then so this would all be concrete path, so you can walk up. Where is the uh, existing shelter now if we're looking at this map? It's really this, it takes up this whole space yeah. here. Oh, it's so you get to restrooms in this area. Do you see the octagon shape? Yeah, you see the contour. Oh, I see it. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, this is such a very same spot. Yeah. Yeah. Good questions. I have not necessarily just here, but are there other like education opportunities that we could take advantage of, you know, part of trees and other things that are in the park just to help educate people that are coming to the park? Yes, and I think there is more of that at the other Hickory Hill Park yeah. entrances. So it'd be a great Eagle Scout project just if we get those from time to time. That's typically what we rely on for additional Yes, yeah, just great opportunity to Great trails. All right, so move approval. Okay. Is there a second? Second. second. All in favor say aye. Well, I just want to thank you. And um, as Julie mentioned, I am next week's my last week. But I, I do want to thank everybody here. And I know I was able to work with Terry Trueblood. Um, this is last year here, and then with Mike Moran and, and with Julie and her team, and it's been great, um, and uh, just great to be involved in this project. I grew up just 20, 20 miles from here, um, and then, um, so it's just great to know the community and be able to be involved in the future of that. So, thank you so very much. Thank you for your signature on all of our parking signs. <laughs> <laughs> it's just in the concrete, it's really small. <laughs> time of year each year where we ask commission to review uh, fees and charges with us as we head into FY24 so July 1st is technically when the FY24 would begin and so usually uh, we alternate years with our with our um, submission of fee increases so we did increase fees last year for the FY23 we're currently in right now typically we would take a year off um, however as you all are aware every time you go to the grocery store and hit the hit the gas pump we are in that high inflationary environment right now where a lot of those cost of goods and services are being passed along to us as we buy supplies for our programs 
um, overhead charges, everything else that goes along with supplying those programs and events to the community. Um, and of course, oftentimes we have to pass those uh, charges along. So what I've submitted this, this year is I've put in two proposals, factoring in that usually we do take that year off, but I also put in a proposal uh, generally looking at a two to, two to 5% fee increase um, with most of the programs and services that we offer. There are some caveats. Um, in the right-hand column in your packet there, you'll see the percentage increase of the second proposal, which has most of the fee increases in there. Um, most of the time it's two to five percent. However, there are some instances that you'll probably note that it's 10, 20 percent. If you look at those fees, usually they're lower fees. For us to get up to the next dollar amount, um, sometimes it's a bigger jump. So the smaller the, the dollar amount to begin with, the bigger percentage it is to get into that next dollar. We do that more from a customer service perspective so that people aren't coming in and paying $25.47 for our program. We like to either be at $25 or $26 or whatever the case might be. Um, there's a few caveats in there. Uh, farmer's market is one of them. Last year we did increase the fees for that. One of the things that we also added, um, city council had voted to add insurance, liability insurance, so all the vendors that are participating in our farmer's market are now required to carry a $1 million policy uh, or up uh, for liability insurance, which has added an additional fee to them in addition to the increase that we did. So this year anyways, the proposal in that fee increase portion has suggested no fee increase there. Um, some of the recreation programs that we had, uh, I've made some changes in that recommendation is to uh, increase the range. That gives us a little bit more flexibility with how we offer that programming. So for a dollar, sometimes that's more of just like a commitment to coming. If they put that dollar down for the program, they might be more apt to actually show up to the program. Uh, we have a few instances with our um, adaptive and inclusive recreation. So like a planning committee where we'd wanna have like maybe a dollar where they come in and maybe there's some snacks provided, but they help plan some of the events so that we get more input in. Um, on, the, on the higher side of that, uh, you know, sometimes there's some items that we want to do, maybe a bigger program or a longer program, so that gives us a little bit more flexibility there. With the swimming pool um, and our other admissions that we have, or other admission-based um, offerings, we suggested no fee increase there. Um, we also suggested no fee increase for the group swim lessons. Uh, as that's a big initiative for us as the Every Child Learns to Swim. We wanted to keep that as affordable as possible. We also have that Rec Assist discount that's available to people as well. Um, in addition to our, our Swim Lesson Scholarship Program that can actually make it free. But even on, you know, for anybody coming in, we want to make that as affordable as possible. We've also, you'll notice that we've taken out the private swim lessons this year. That's something that we're moving away from. Uh, to really focus on our group swim lesson efforts. We still have our adaptive swim lessons in there as well, um, but our focus moving forward is really gonna be on, if we're gonna be trying to get every child to learn in Iowa City to learn how to swim, we wanna make sure that we have enough pool availability for everybody to do that and instructor availability. Um, and I think the water fitness, the water fitness, you'll see an increase in that as well. Um, we were charging $4 for, per session for water fitness. 
which is the same as our drop-in fee, but there's a programming element to that as well. So we wanted to increase that, and it's just a dollar increase from what we have been charging. So those are the proposed fee schedule that we have for FY24. And um, that's up to you to make the decision if you would want to keep fees as is, or if you would seek to, to, to do the small increase that we have proposed. I appreciate the targeted increases and keeping what we can for swimming programs, especially as is. Do you anticipate <coughs> next year going back to that same increase I, schedule? I think, I think our thought is, kind of when Julie and I talked about this, is that we'd be looking for a fee increase this year because inflation has been so high. Hopefully, that's that um, consumer price index and inflation rates are starting to come down a bit so that next year we might be, hopefully, in a little bit more of a normal normal environment, in which case we probably would consider the no fee increase at that yeah, time. It's such a balancing act for us because obviously you want to keep things as affordable as possible, but our, our expenses rising are, are real too, so I, we have to show some initiative to recover some of the, the increase. Um, but it is it is up to you for your recommendation. If you'd like to do that this year, we'll laugh another year and we'll go forward either, either way. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, I'm just wondering about the dog parks. There's no increase. What Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so one mission-based program um, with the daily fees that people were bringing in. Uh, second of all, that's actually one of our highest revenue areas, oh. and one of the one of the um, concerns that we have for people that frequent the dog parks on a regular basis is what is that money being used towards. So we've, we've been trying to provide additional amenities to those dog parks. Um, we've added agility equipment in this last couple years. But, um, but really, in some instances, there's only so many things that you can add. We still wanted to keep that green space um, feel when you're out there. And so because of the revenue <coughs> to expense disparity there, we've just elected to, to not increase that at this time. Touched on some of the items read as well about so the rec assist and other programs to make you know, parks and recreation more accessible for others that may not have the means. Can you maybe highlight those just again or sure. speak to some of those more broadly as well? Sure. Yeah. Members. So so our, our rec assist program it used to be entitled our low income discount program and we, we wanted to rebrand that. Uh, so that we could communicate the benefits of that to the community um, in a better way, I think, and, and not have it possibly being as stigmatizing. And so by renaming the Rec Assist, it gives us a little bit more branding power with that as well. But it's essentially the same thing where um, folks can come in, they only have to apply once per year, uh, and it's, it's valid for their entire family <coughs> or the individuals that are at their residence. Um, so it's an income-based program. So if they're on some different government um, programs, if they're involved with that, if they're involved with the cities, um, utility discount program is another consideration there. If they're involved with any of those, or um, or if they aren't and they fill out the income part of that, if that meets our guidelines, they receive 50% off of pretty much all the programs that we have available to the community. It doesn't include admission. It does not include admissions. 
um, so that's different. But but for all the programs and most of the things that we offer, they they can receive a fifty percent discount. And so um, even on <coughs> even on passes, they are able to receive that fifty percent discount as well. specifically what you would propose as an increase or whatever. And I think that most of like, the programming um, wasn't having an increase as far as like in the rec guide and stuff like that, from what I recall. For? Or, um, well, my whole, my oh, question you're is. you're saying from, from last <clears throat> season to this or, season? Yeah, I mean, I can't remember specifically what was increased. But I, uh, one of the things I appreciate about the programming is that it is really affordable. Mm -hmm. um, but because I get you know inflation and stuff like that. Would you would your department consider either um, increasing the percentage that um, people that qualify for rec assist get, or even like um, extending who qualifies for that in sure. some cases if um, you know we have to continue the process of, of increasing or increase programs that you didn't put an increase on. Right. Year. Right. I think it's safe to say that we try to do that anyway if there's extenuating circumstances. Um, the other thing we have is with the swim scholarships, we've done everything from helping with transportation for that and swimsuits and just towels and towels, towels and anything yeah. they need to get into the swim lesson program. So it, it's a, we're pretty fortunate in what we can provide, mm -hmm. uh, but we're also asked to be real realistic with right. what it's costing. And I mean, a dollar increase isn't that big a deal, but again, you know, that's, I can't speak for yeah. everybody, but it's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. So. so one of the things that we've really been doing, kind of going back to the rec assist, is, is making more of a concerted effort that we're getting out to groups. We're talking about um, the ability for people to be able to do that. We've included in our, um, our activity guides, we've been highlighting that a lot more, um, and, and really just trying to to share that more, like especially one of the things with our adaptive and inclusive uh, recreation participants, we found that a lot of people didn't even know that program existed, and so now we're including it in like a little handbook that we provide out to them with all of, all the different programs that we have each season, um, some information on how to get involved with Rec Assist and how to apply for that. So hopefully we're being able to save them some fees that they didn't even know necessarily about the program. So. And does the rec assist only apply to like the programs and stuff like that, or can you do that for like birthday party rentals and stuff like that? Does not no, does not apply for rentals. Okay, that's fine. Um, right. Yeah, but for passes and programs. Right. Okay. Yep. Sorry, that didn't really. No, no, yeah. Great about question. the rentals, uh, the the shelters. Uh, it says for five hours, and then looks like it's between six. I mean, sorry. I guess the proposed is between nineteen dollars and one hundred eighteen. So what? Sure. So is it five hours for one hundred eighteen, or? It depends on the park and the size of the facility, because we we have so many different varying sizes of shelter houses that some some see fifteen would be maybe like pushing it, and then we have some other shelters that are much larger, and we also have some enclosed shelters versus um, outdoor okay. open air. So it's five hours. <coughs> Total. I'm sorry. It's so five hours for. Yes, yeah, so we, we rent those in five hour blocks. What about yeah. just specifically the city park shelters? How much are they? Let's we, say lower city park. Gate bills. We, yeah, we, yeah, we have so many different ones that it does vary. Yeah, it really depends oh. on the capacity, and that's the largest part, as Brad said, because like there's city park shelter number six that holds 132 people, and that can be like pretty pricey, pricey compared to the other ones, but like. There's a lot of small, in Lower City Park, there's, or yeah. 
Were you asking lower or upper city? I'm asking lower. Lower city park. Um, yeah, there's a bit more variety because there's about twice as many shelters in that area, so the prices can kind of vary depending on the size. Okay. But, all right. Sorry about that. Kind no, of, no, yeah. I, I was just Yeah, so your one that, that holds the 132 people is going to be on the higher end of that, where we used to have that little one that was over by the city park rides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hardly helped anybody there, so that would be on the low end of that, and everything in between. It does seem like, I mean, I, I, had, I used to teach um, Hispanic students in, in trailer parks, and they often use those. The, I mean, it was a great uh, asset to them. So I don't know if, you know, I, I don't know. I think it would be nice if somehow that could be, like she was, Missy was saying, part of the, part of the, the scholarship or, or something, because it would, it would just be very helpful and, and it would foster community sure. and bring people together. Anyway, I, as well as this one lesson. Thank you. Something we could consider. Yeah. One way with that too is you don't, as long as the shelter is open and no one has it reserved, you can use it at oh, any okay. time. Okay. So some, it just if you really want a specific shelter. Oh, I see. Okay. Most weekends it doesn't matter. On a holiday weekend, you probably will run into everyone will be rented. But typically, um, there's walk-in availability even in city park during most okay, summer days. Because I've just kind of walked in sometimes. Yeah, and there's only like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, you're able to do that. There's only one shelter in City Park that's uh, not first come first served, and that's the enclosed shelter, which is only open like half the year, and it's with its charity and okay. such. Thank you. Thanks. Any other questions? So, is there a motion to approve of the fee increase as proposed by Brett? So you could propose it either with the fee increase, or you could make a motion to propose no fee increase for this year. With two options. I propose the fee increase for this year. I second that. No. Favor, say aye. Aye. Thank you very much, Brad. Now we'll move on to the reports from the city staff. Hang on, a couple things that I got. Um, the reason I walked in at the very last second is we got to spend three hours with the city council this afternoon. <laughs> Yay. Um, <laughs> we went through the capital improvement program budgets. So I'm happy to report that it, it's looking like everything that I presented back in November is going to stand the way I proposed it then. And we didn't really have any changes to our um, capital budget at this point. That doesn't mean it won't change in future years as we move through, but the projects you saw tonight are, are solid in their funding, obviously, um, and next year's projects are looking good. So uh, we had some discussion about city park pool uh, replacement, talking, uh, the estimate we're putting in there now is about $10 million. Um, that includes a process where starting uh, later this spring, we'll do a consultant selection process to get a new consultant slash designer um, pool architect on board. And then starting um, late spring through the summer and fall, we have a whole other public input process. So we'll have a review of all the engineering studies of City Park Pool. We'll have um, you know public input again. We'll probably have some sort of um, statistically valid survey again to really get nailed down a design for a final design for the pool. Um, and hope to have it out today <coughs> in 2024. So. 2023, 2024 goes out to bid by the end of summer, or actually probably early summer. And then you can most likely plan on the pool being closed for all of 2025 for construction. 
and potentially shoulder seasons on the shoulder parts on either side. So right now, we stay open through Labor Day. It could be that that year before construction, we might have to close like mid-August in order to get a jump start on demolition before the weather, while we're still in construction season. Um, we would, and then we would hope to open first maybe in 2026. There's a lot of ifs and, and questions about how that could happen, but that's in there. Yeah. So three questions. Yeah. What is being done with the data from the statistically valid survey and the other round of strategic planning relative to the city park pool? So that will be considered or given to the new consultants when they're started. They'll kind of the starting point to go through. Are we duplicating? Are we like re-spending money again for the same project? Like are we, did we already spend money on this and now we're spending more public money on this again? And this is driven, I assume, by some level of opposition to what came out of the first exercise with respect to City Park Pool? Yes. There was, a, I think the, the thought being there is so much public input towards the end or throughout that entire process that they want to, the council wants to make sure we go through a, another deliberate process that gives adequate input time and adequate input to all members of the community. Uh, it'll be interesting to, to figure out how we do that so that all voices are heard in this conversation, and I'm sure it will be a, a long and drawn out. <laughs> I would just, I would like to know for next meeting. What, and I know City Park Pool was only one component of a larger strategic plan for, but I would like to know the cost of that for all the consultants, like all in, and what you think the projected cost will be to do this on a focused basis with just City Park Pool. So with a $10 million budget, it's usually about 10 to, 10 to 12% would be the design costs for what, what the new contract would be, including all the public input. So I can tell you that much for the, for the new design and the new process. So probably, let's just say 10 to 15% to give us you know, plenty of room. And I can get you the cost of what we did on 10 that. to 15% of 10 million? And is that 10 million, because I remember we talked about this earlier, is that $10 million that we think will be necessary for the renovation of the pool, is that within the city's general bonding capacity, or is that something that will entail like a vote and an increase in like a property tax or a sales tax? So at this point, the, the $10 million is, in the, is included in the overall CIP budget and is within our bonding capacities. If, if, the, uh, if it went much above that, then we'd have to look at other funding options. But at this point, it's within the capital budget um, overall. So setting the city park aside, Mercer, was Mercer part of the discussion of the council? Is the is that renovation expansion project part of what was submitted as part of the capital budget for all years? So the capital budget goes out five years. Right. City park is two to well, two and a half, three years out. Um, the rec master plan said let's get city park done first right. and then reevaluate both Robert A. Lee pool and Mercer pool and expansion based on the um, attendance numbers and use numbers that we have between now and then. So none of the funding for the rest of those projects is in that five-year timeline. They're all listed on our unfunded list. Which for is, further you know, discussion. Further right discussion. Okay. I have a question sort of related. Um, if basically the, the input process is going to be redone, what do you? What will be done differently 
to get a different outcome or how will we, how will you yeah how will it be done I don't know that we have a full answer to that yet but what I would suspect we will do is um, working with whoever the consultant ends up being they'll probably we'll go through the the feedback received from the last one so we know that there was a, a call for a lot more lab links so I'm thinking we'll end up with two maybe three design proposals right off the bat of here's Here's three different options for what could be done in the city park within the bounds of the current fence line, you know, with the bathhouse. And then that's probably what the public input will be based on, probably with statistic eval survey first, honestly, I'm not sure. I still don't know. And then that'll be part of the selection process for a consultant. We want to make sure we get a consultant that understands the depth of the public conversation that's happened about this project. And used to managing this level of public input <coughs> on the project. So it will be it'll be interesting and it will be um, challenging, I'm sure. And in the end, I know we will get some sort of new tool. I just don't have any idea what it will look like. And, uh, could you just continue on with the previous consultant since they already have the background? Um, we could, um, but the city manager definitely wants us to do a whole new process that was promised to some of the um, folks that had strong opinions about City Park Pool. They want a fresh look, but that doesn't mean that the consultants that we used before couldn't put in their proposal and be chosen. Yeah, I mean, they have to get through the bid. We have to go through the bid process with them. Yes. Right, we can't, like, cherry pick, like, yeah, right. you and the team. It's a, we, we, yeah. do a, we do an RFP on any project this size. I mean, I think, to your point, Brian, like, my intuition is that, like, what could we do differently to get a different result? I mean, hey, I don't think, like, we don't necessarily want a different, or I guess we don't want any particular result. We want like whatever the result to be, but I am incredulous that there will be a different result. But yeah, I just, I mean, if, if it, it sort of feels like it's to kind of make people feel more comfortable, it seems like a lot of money to spend to, to make people feel comfortable. And kind of related to that as well, is there a way a lot of the feedback was tension between the statistically valid survey, which is that's valid representation of what the community at large feels versus the vocal users of the equipment now. Is that something that we can plan to address up front or message to explain why we're putting so much faith in the statistically valid survey versus the people who come out to give their feedback instead? You just, you've, you've hit on the main challenge of this process. How do we make sure that all voices are heard equally, those that are uh, used to advocating and used to being heard by their city council and those that want a different want a pool and, and are, you know I want to make sure we get a representation of everyone and I think that that's the main thing we want to look at no matter what the outcome we want to make sure that all voices are heard and that all feel like they can participate I think that's going to be a huge challenge and, and this more so than many other projects. So hopefully we'll, we'll get the process down and we'll have it for the next two pools. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to be looking for a unique consultant that is, is able to work with the community that is diverse and has strong opinions and Very strong passionate, here. passionate, passionate yeah. opinions as we have here. And that's a good thing, but I, I think it really is, I think if we tried to push forward with the design as it showed now, you'd have, we have enough opposition that it probably so we want it to take time in the front end to really get try to get buy-in on whatever the final design is and then move forward with that. Yeah. So it will be 
one of the positives is that we started this conversation and it will continue, so more people are already aware of it, so are anxious to provide their feedback. So, any other questions about that? Because the other CIDP projects are all moving forward. Um, it's really, it's looking very hopeful that our 2016 Park Master Plan is going to be nearly completed at the end of this five years. So, uh, to me, that is super exciting that we have systematically gone through and renovated all of our parks um, in all areas. Um, we may have some new parks coming online. Some exciting things coming down the line, but the investment in parks and recreation here in Iowa City is unlike anywhere else. So, from that point of view, I think we're very fortunate. I should also mention, though, that so Rec Center, the two Rec Center um, improvement or the Rec Center improvement line, the priority for both here and for Mercer is now replacing the roof, and that's about a seven hundred thousand dollar project on each. On each one that was a higher priority in those assessments from the rec and facilities master plan there had been the 500 to 600,000 for the behind the scenes pool stuff here in this building that's been backed up past that five years as I said because we're gonna wait and get City Park done and wait and see how the use numbers flow so there's still a commitment to do that there's a commitment to keep this pool operating with whatever we need to you know if something blew out it was going to be a million dollars to fix it, I think we'd be back in front of council asking. But we will do our best to keep everything else operating until we get to a point where we can make a final decision on what happens with the two indoor pools. But that is pushed off down the road past where City Park will get through that first. Does that sound like? So, um, I was going to yeah. say, I think the staff, this has been like a very rocky, uh, journey through the capital improvement strategic plan. I think the staff did, I just want to say, like, I think y'all did a very good job. I was here for some of those meetings and people got like kind of nasty and made it like less about the thing about conceptually that they didn't like and like more about oh staff were like doing specific things to manipulate the process which was incredibly unprofessional and, and just not truthful. But I think you all like handled it with incredible grace and professionalism. Thank you. Thank you, appreciate that. Okay, so speaking of that, we continue to meet with the same Robert A. Lee pool folks, counting pool people using the pool. Um, and you'll have, you have accounts each month in your packet included. Um, each, each of the months we've shown you so far, they have um, not agreed with our accounts, and we have sat down and met with them and, and walked through. I'll, I'll have more information in your next packet to hopefully explain what's, you know, what's not happening or what how this is happening but basically they are continuing to count bodies in the actual water every half hour we are counting people coming through our our checkpoints so as they're counting their person people every half hour the same person may be counted two or three times depending on how long they stay in the pool not that that's wrong i'm just saying that that's what they're counting we're counting bodies through the front counter in the end, I think we're both going to keep counting our own ways. <laughs> However, realize that as we compare numbers down the line, we're looking for trends of use. So theoretically, yeah, theoretically, if our numbers go up twenty percent, their numbers should go up twenty percent, even though they're they're two different counts. Um, we are counting aqua fitness and swim lesson and swim team participants as per registration. 
they're counting bodies in the water. So that varies too because we count eight people that are registered even if six only come to that class that day. If they're registered, we're not counting them twice. We're just saying that's what's registered. Neither one is going to be perfectly exact, but the more and more that we work on these and look at these, I want to say that either one's going to show you the trends that you need to see. And they're never going to match up person to person, but it, I'm more and more you know, convinced that we're, we're going to end up with numbers you can rely on, two sets of them probably. Um, and Brad and I have been meeting with them and talking with them regularly. We're very convinced, you know, um, we continue to want to have the, the dialogue and keep working. So I don't want you to feel like we're at loggerheads. It's not that. Um, it's just that we're going to have to continue the dialogue. And it's not a perfect form yet. We're, we're hopefully moving in that direction, so, from my perspective. So you can ask the friends what they, if they have a different. But um, yeah, uh, we've, we've sat down and reviewed video footage with them. We've had long discussions. In the end, I think we're going to keep on counting different numbers. Okay, um, two things for housekeeping as we enter the new year. And you're all here, so you don't have to remember this so much. But please remember to RSVP to Gabe when you get the email with your packet on the Thursday or Friday before the meeting. Reply back just to Gabe saying, yes, I plan to be there. No, I won't. So we make sure we have quorum. And just your friendly reminder that items that are Parks Commission agenda type items should not be discussed with more than one other member outside of the meetings. Because we have open meeting laws, everything should happen here in the meetings. So if you happen to meet in the coffee shop and two of you are talking, that's fine. The third person walks up and says, hey, Lynn, I wonder what's going on with uh, Happy Hollow Park. And don't talk about it there. We can talk about it in the meeting. If you have any questions in between the meetings, please, by all means, email me or call me. Anything that your neighbors or friends ask about parks, I'd love to answer and, and help you look like the, the most knowledgeable person in your neighborhood. <laughs> so please feel free to, to call us and, and pass along any kind of questions. You don't have to wait for a meeting for those. So that's the end of my Thank you so much. Can I just how more parks need to be renovated? Um, gosh, we're down to about 12, maybe? Yeah, it might be less than that. Yes, yeah, I want to say there's like six or seven more in the CIP coming up. Okay. Um, so we're really, we're getting there. Yeah. Um, that small park in the Longfellow neighborhood, I forgot the name of it, but it's behind people's homes, it, it seems like. Oh, Roger's Yeah, is that one of the parks in the list or not? Not really. Um, we, we do work on the, on the Longfellow Trail and keep that maintained. We've done some meetings from time to time to see if people wanted more or different in that little Rogers Green area, and typically the answer's been no. <laughs> you want to just keep it as a, as a green space. Yeah. Where's that? Is that adjacent to Longfellow? Yeah, it's very customary for Longfellow Trail. Um, so it's it's all the same piece of property, and we do have a, a regular volunteer that does natural areas work on both sides of the creek there. Um, so essentially, Rogers Green and Longville Trail are the same park, if you want to think of it that way. Okay. It's sort of hidden. It's kind of neat when you discover it, so it might be a challenge. <laughs> we would try to list all the ones we have left to go, but I'll forget. <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, 
Speaking of the recreation master plan, um, our staff, our recreation division staff, has started digging into that and looking forward to the future as far as what that means for, for our recreation division. Um, so we've, we've started in with some goal setting sessions, some visioning sessions where we're taking the feedback from the community, taking the recommendations from that recreation master plan, thinking about how does that apply in our world of recreation and really focusing on goals and then also key performance indicators that are going to drive those goals forward um, as we look into the future. So we're going to be setting short-term, mid-term, like so short-term would be like some immediate things that we can do um, into the next two or three years, mid-term goals, and then some longer-term goals. And we're going to focus on being able to, to look at like communications, partnerships and outreach, uh, facilities, programming, staffing, both from, a, from an hourly staffing and a full-time staffing perspective. Um, diversity, equity, and inclusion goals. And looking at uh, those goals, coming up with key performance indicators that will really be able to allow us to be able to tell the story through data showing that we're making progress on those goals coming forward. And I'll be able to, of course, share those with you um, in the future when we get those established and, and be able to provide those updates on how those goals are coming along. So we're excited to be able to finally have that recreation master plan approved. And so that allows us to be able to do the work on our side of things to be able to move that forward. So more updates to come on that. And so that's primarily on the programming and the user side. Everything else feels like we've overshadowed so that all the facilities. Yeah. They're figuring out how to get people in to use all the facilities. Right. right. And what and what does the community want to see from, from a programming and events perspective? Um, just a couple other things right now. This has kind of been our <coughs> catch-up time. Um, as the uh, winter breaks here, we've been dealing with illnesses and vacations and things like that. So it's this is actually the first time in a while it feels like I have like, a full staff. So it's been fun to do those visioning sessions with a full team. Um, but this is really kind of our catch-up time where we can kind of look at our policies, we re revisit some of those, um, update some of our manuals, make sure that everything's in check as we head into the new year. A um, couple upcoming things, um, our roller skating is starting uh, this weekend again. Uh, we've taken a break for just a little bit over the winter break, but we're going to be starting back up. That's every Saturday, uh, most Saturdays, unless we have something that's going on in the, the gym. We've, we've added in more recently, this last year, a, a youth time from two to four. So those that are beginners can come and try on skates, try to get a feel for it. Uh, otherwise, it's a little bit more overwhelming from the 530 to 7.30 skate session, which is usually pretty busy for us. Uh, it's, it's a little bit more challenging for the, the young skaters to come out and try it. So we, we've added another time on just because it's been such a popular thing for us, and it's free. It's a great thing for their families to come out, and they don't have to spend much money. Um, on Sunday, January 29th, we have our um, science and technology open house here at this facility. Uh, we're going to be able to show off a lot of the, the new cool toys that we have. Uh, uh, Joyce has gotten some drones, some robotics, some other things that are more recent that we want to show off to the community show what we're doing with those things. So um, that, that event is from uh, 2 to 4 on Sunday, January 29th. So if you're looking for something to do, feel free to stop by. Martin Luther King. Oh yes, thank you. Um, we uh, we will be hosting an event um, with some other partners 
out at the Mercer Park Aquatic Center on Monday. And the event is going to be from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And it's a free event. We're going to have a variety of different service projects going on. There's going to be a march that's starting from UAY, um, headed over to Mercer. They start at 9.30 for that. Uh, there's a lunch that's included. I think it's walking tacos. Um, there is a, an award ceremony, and I think that that's going to be happening around noon, and then there's some, some other entertainment options as well. Yours truly will be in this program. <laughs> <laughs> Please come chances. out to yes. see me. <laughs> I'll be sure to entertain you. <laughs> <laughs> that's the dancing, right? You should be showing us. I can't tell. Great, thanks so much, Brett. <laughs> the lower screening is that in the gym down here? Yes. Oh, wow. yeah. And it's every Saturday? Yeah. Um, most Saturdays, oh. yeah. 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 If, if, there's, if there's an event that's in there, which is kind of rare that we, that we have a, a Saturday event in there. Um, but yeah, most Saturdays. Tyler. Awesome. Well, kind of the same winter gives us a little break in some areas, but then we pick up in other areas. So things like uh, structure for new trees. Obviously, our crew is downtown doing that. Not to be confused with what the uh, electric companies do on some other streets. So um, sometimes there's some confusion out there with that. If it looks like it's uh, um, a really, really hard haircut, then the electric company probably did it. If it's uh, a little more uh, structured, then it was probably our crew. But we try to get out there this time of year. There's pests on some types of trees and diseases. That winter is the best time because those aren't active. So folks are a great example for that. So we try to do most of our pruning um, in the winter unless it's a, you know, unless it's a hazard or something that comes up in the middle of the year. Um, snow, we had some snow. Um, came at probably the worst time ever, right at the beginning of a long holiday weekend. Um, staff uh, is very thankful. Uh, a lot of staff came in um, on their scheduled days off uh, to keep those uh, areas cleared um, and then get the drifts when it drifted back in. Um, so we were able to do that. Um, uh, a lot of credit goes to uh, Josh Worrell, our assistant superintendent, for getting our um, areas, all the maps um, down and getting a backup person for each route that we have because we touch areas all over town, random little one lot sidewalks and places. Um, so by getting those and having someone to pick it up, um, so it's not just in someone's head that isn't there that day, um, we've been able to cut down on our um, complaints by almost completely cut down on all complaints. So. Um, and that's been uh, been good for us this year. Um, uh, let's see, we're working on some RFPs right now. So for um, projects uh, to start this next year for natural areas work, so reef ground work and Hickory Hill, um, invasive species removal work in um, a few different areas and some woodlands. Um, so we're working on getting those out um, so we can get proposals for those. Um, I'm hopeful, but we have been having issues with um, even after a contractor is selected, them being able to hire enough staff to complete those projects in a timely manner. So we've seen some delays um, with multiple um, different contractors, not just one. Um, so that tells me there's a trend out there where everyone's struggling to find people to do uh, 
um, to do that work even on the, the private sector side. So um, we'll work through that. Um, we're also working on uh, getting our next tree planting um, project out for proposals from contractors. Um, we notified the whole neighborhood in the southeast side, so um, points around uh, Whispering Meadows Park, um, so um, kind of bounded by um, Nevada on the west and um, uh, kind of backing up all the way like to Pinto, if you're familiar with that area, on the uh, east and then up to uh, um, uh, Lakeside um, on the, uh, I guess that would be the north, sort of. <laughs> um, so we went around and put door hangers on every single door in that neighborhood. Um, those residents do have up until the 20th of this month to uh, reach out if they have any um, comments, concerns, if they would prefer not to have a tree in the right of way adjacent to their property, they've been given that option. We've had maybe three people say they didn't want one, and of those, only two of those um, we had planned on a tree for those um, properties. So um, we're giving, that, giving everyone that option. Um, luckily, uh, Raylan and I put all the uh, flag, flyers up to pick one of those nice 50 degree days. So um, beautiful time to go walk through the neighborhood. Um, so we're still working on that. Um, also kind of on, on the tree side of things, um, we removed uh, almost all of the ash from uh, City Park. Um, so those were declining pretty quickly um, and some of them were becoming hazards um, and others were soon to follow. Um, so we are working on our next round of um, grant uh, proposals uh, for a uh, a grant through the state that's for emerald ash borer and ratio recovery. Um, so we're looking to put um, uh, probably 60 some um, trees in the lower city park is what that uh, grant would fund. Um, so replacing almost all, if not all, of the ash trees um, with uh, more diverse selection of species and getting some trees and the next generation of trees growing in that park. So um, those are kind of the highlights for the winter. Um, uh, other than that, we're working on equipment and uh, maintenance of buildings and things like that. Any questions? This is yes. about, about a certain group of trees. It's yeah. from Polyas Pizza. There's these three trees. I can't tell if they're ash trees. Aren't you all, um, I don't know how you would say it, but doctoring them in some way, some of the ash trees? Some of them, yes. Do you know if those three are being doctored? Or? I'm not sure on those specific. Okay. Okay. Um, they're marked if they're getting treatments. They should have a little silver circle tag on them. Yeah, they do. Okay. okay. So yeah, then those would be um, treated. And that's another um, thing we're working on right now is getting that out for bids again um, because the previous rounds were, um, you know, we, we had to go back out again because we were past our renewals. Um, so those will be. Um, Maybe the same company, maybe a new company, but they will continue to be treated um, going forward at this point. So I don't remember if this came up in previous years, but totally appreciate the snow being cleared on the trails. But it leaves these bristles, these long yellow plastic bristles. Is yeah. there a way to minimize that? I pick them up when I see them, yeah. but sometimes there's just a huge number, like it ran over a yeah. block or something. No, that's a great question. It's it's an unfortunate <coughs> side effect of the the brooms that we have on the equipment, and some of those 
Well, most of those pieces of equipment that have the grooms on them, that's the only option of a, of a clearing kind of device for them. Um, once they start to wear out, they really lose a lot. We try to replace them before they get to that point, but um, it's kind of a balancing it's act. Of, yeah. 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 But yeah, definitely thank you for picking them up. I know I've, I've heard from others that go and pick them up and on stretch for the trails too. So. It is probably fair to say the operator doesn't even see yeah. that because sure. it's such a yeah. flying snow type of thing. that. Especially this first snow this year, we had troubles. It was so fine and powdery to be able to see while operating. And then it was also getting into the air intake of the tractors and uh, making them lose power. Um, so it just kind of depends on the type of snow, too. So, but yes, thank you for helping clean it up because I know it can be a nuisance. Appreciate you. Just so grateful for city staff and all that you do in maintaining all the facilities and the parks. It's just beautiful. So thank you very much. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, as far as chair's report, I don't have anything. Just uh, we didn't get a chance last month uh, to meet, and so just wanted to wish our prior board and current commission members uh, just thank them for all that they did. I know a number of them had been serving for some time, so they'll be missed. And but we are so grateful for Dolores and Jamal that are here. So thank you so very much for coming. Um, at this time, we'll be go around and uh, we'll just ask the other commission members if there's anything that they would like to discuss or anything uh, for future meetings. Maybe we'll start with Missy on this side. I don't have any. Uh, I don't know. The only thing I was thinking of is just to know this maybe the six parks or the parks left and like just plans for them. Like I have, well, I have this vision of like this huge accessible um, structure, but, or, you know, just maybe going forward, seeing if there is something like a wheelchair could go on to or that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. <laughs> I can do that for a report. Thank you. Oh, that, I would second that. Okay. And I don't have anything else to add. Yeah. No, I don't have anything. This is kind of a silly thing that just popped into my head for Tyler, but um, as I walk along the Greenway, sometimes I see things like people doing research out there. I've seen a bunch of mouse traps. I've seen signs saying they're doing research. I've seen trail cams. Do you have visibility into all that? So if I'm being nosy yeah. and want to know what's going on, is that something we could reach out to you? Yeah, you can reach out to me. Typically, I, I should know if they are, and, and usually it's. Um, uh, uh, Dr. Sander at the university is usually her students um, uh, doing those, um, whether they're grad students or undergrads or a combination. But um, yeah, they've, they've done a couple of different projects, anything from listening at night to sounds and, and coming up with the research from that to um, some uh, proper trapping and releasing um, to um, uh, other uh, uh, bird um, type surveys and things like that. Okay. Good question. Right. Um, one one thing I don't know if this is not a high priority thing, but um, so I use the Scott Park uh, dock, the Reader's Ranch dock park. One thing I've always kind of it's kind of bugged me a little bit. There's like the the dock park Thornberry like has seemed to have a lot of amenities and has like a paved trail. And Scott Park or the Reader's Ranch is a lot you know a lot more basic, and they kind of pay the same fee to use both of them. I wonder if um, you know at some point talk about like what what ways to improve that area because it's kind of just like a fenced-in area 
is super muddy, and so anytime you, like the other one has, like, uh, um, I should direct this to you, but like, you know, it has a paved trail around it. So I don't know if there's like different ways to make it like nicer and more kind of. Well, is that in the CIP? Yeah, or so actually there is project? a CIP project coming up. I was just in my mind, <coughs> I think it's 2026, but it has money for improvements at both. But that was exactly what we were thinking at Rita's Ranch is could we do it, some sort of trail around the inside edge? Thornberry um, needs fencing. There's some different things, but that's exactly what would be included in that project. Prior to that, you will see it as a project that's already been bid and they just didn't have time to start it before the seasons changed. A um, sidewalk that leads from the new neighborhood to the south, it'll lead and connect into the park to the um, entrance there. Um, and then the um, part of the parking area, the main parking area for the dogs, um, dog area there will be um, repaved as well. So it's uh, um, a nicer, uh, uh, more ADA accessible and, and paved area. So um, we're adding those, those are already in the plans, um, but we just do have future plans for more too. Is there any, so there's like a big grab, like kind of green area, green space, I think it would be to the <coughs> west, west of the dog yeah. park. It's a stormwater retention just, area. Yeah. So after a big rain, go look, it's all filled. It's all filled. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, it limits what we can do with it. Yeah. yeah. That's all I got. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much to all the commission members. Mm -hmm. Do we adjourn? I guess we don't. You do. Adjourn. Okay. Thank you so very much.